just checking in, seeing how you're doing today, and seeing if you might want to take a little break. Just step away from the noise of the world for just a moment and connect back with you. If so, let's take a deep breath in. Breathe out. And let it all settle. I'm your host, Michael Gallion, and this is Letting It Settle. Hi, it's Michael, and I have some exciting news for you. We are introducing Letting It Settle Plus, the ultimate listening experience for those looking to find their calm and navigate the noise of life. As a subscriber, experience an abundance of the exclusive content that you know and love. For those looking to immerse themselves into the tranquility, the subscription includes immersive mini and 30-minute guided meditations, perfect for those on the go or others needing a bit more time to let it all settle. You'll also discover a plethora of bonus episodes with topics ranging from practicing gratitude, cultivating self-love, as well as Ask Me Anything specials, where I answer your questions and topic requests. And all of this is available for you now to elevate your listening experience. Actionable takeaways, guided meditations, and mindfulness exercises await. So, don't miss out. Subscribe to Letting It Settle Plus today to join the community. Available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Now, before we begin, I I just want to give you a nice little gentle reminder that that same kindness and care and understanding that you so easily extend to others can come back to you. And to know that empathy isn't strictly reserved for others, and that it's okay to start to look inward with that same sense of compassion and start to be a little gentle with yourself today. It's not easy, but it's worth it. On today's episode, we're going to be looking at empathy and understanding, and I'll guide you through ways to begin to better understand others, looking through the lens of their worldview, and beginning to develop a sense of empathy for them and the choices that they make. Then we'll look at how we can use that same tool to begin to develop a sense of self-empathy and lean into loving kindness for yourself and the world around you. When we typically think of empathy, we think of putting ourselves in someone else's shoes and being able to share their feelings by understanding their feelings. For some people, this is quite easy, and for others, it causes them to step out of their comfort zone and really see things from a different perspective. But no matter how empathetic you are, there will be times when you'll be faced with a situation where Someone's actions or beliefs are so far removed from anything that you could ever imagine doing that the thought of putting yourselves in their shoes will be nearly impossible. And in those moments, it's important to be able to put your own worldview aside and really delve into the specifics of how they see themselves, how they see the world. Because doing this gives us the ability to say, Although I could never put myself in your shoes or share your feelings, I trust that your experiences have led you to where you are, 
and I can see and feel your conviction in your beliefs and actions. It's a non-judgmental approach to empathy that allows for you to see beyond your differences. So often we get caught up in the specifics of beliefs and actions or words that we lose our ability to actually hold space for someone. A few years ago, when I was working in the corporate world, I was tasked with the job of supporting a network of franchise owners. The job description was a little bit vague, but I was there to be a coach, a consultant, a support team, but mainly I was there to be the middleman between the franchise network and the corporate team. And because of the history that this network of owners had with the franchisor, I spent a lot of time being seen as the enemy and getting yelled at by seemingly irrational people. Now, I like to think that I'm a pretty patient person and have always seen empathy as a superpower of mine. But there were moments during that time with one particular owner when I simply could not understand why I was being treated the way that I was. Because the thought of speaking so unkindly to someone trying to help or leading conversations or emails with such vitriol just never entered into my mind as a possibility. So no matter how hard I tried to put myself in their shoes and empathize with them, I would end up just defeated and angry. This growing tension was uncomfortable, and as a recovering people-pleaser, deep in my people-pleasing phase of life, the thought of someone not liking me was gnawing at me and causing me to want to run. At that same time, I was going through Seth Godin's Alt-MBA program, and one of the assignments that we had was to choose a person or a group of people whose lives and worldview were so vastly different than ours that we just could not find a space of empathy for them. And then we worked through an exercise in developing empathy, which included finding a way to remove ourselves from the situation and start to see who they were and why it would make sense that they would believe or act the way that they did. So I decided to choose this particular owner who I had been having so much difficulty with over the last few months. And I went through each prompt and began to get a clearer picture of who she was and why she was behaving the way that she was towards me, no matter how kind or compassionate I felt I was showing up for her. So I started with the first question, which was, what do they believe? So in this instance, it was that she firmly believed that she could not trust anyone who was coming from the corporate team, that she had been so wronged that they had misled her in so many ways that it was in her best interest to not trust. Then the next question was, what do they care about? So what are the things that they value? What are the things that they hold most dear in their lives? So I didn't know a lot about this woman, but I knew that during our first meeting, she told me how passionate she had been about the business at the beginning, that it had always been a dream of hers to open one of these franchises, and that this was the way that she was going to be able to support her family to provide for her daughter, and to leave behind a career that was drowning her. 
it started to become clear in looking through her lens that this business was meant to be something that supported everything that she cared for. And due to reasons that she felt she could directly trace back to the corporate team, it ended up taking her further away from them and making her unable to support her family. So then we look at how does this benefit them? So the actions that they're choosing to take or beliefs that they have, how does this actually serve them? And this was a really hard one for me because I just could not wrap my mind around how this would ever benefit you. But I began to see that in this situation, her tone, her persistence, that ire that came through in her her emails, it got my attention. It made me work to get her what she wanted. In many ways, her way of showing up was proving effective at a time when nothing else seemed to be. So what incentive did she have to change it? Why would she ever decide to do anything different when this is working? Then the next question was, what supports their beliefs? So who or what is behind them, supporting them? And it was clear that she wasn't alone in this belief. She had an entire network of other owners facing similar issues and situations. She had actual data proving that what she had been promised from the beginning hadn't come to fruition. She had lived experience of dealing with poor advice, which had effectively hurt her business and taken her away from being able to provide for her family. This wasn't just some irrational belief that I'd been rolling my eyes at. It felt real to her and was being backed up by many people and many things. So then looking at all of this, the final question was, why does it make perfect sense that she believes this? The answers were all there. And when I could step away from the conflict, the need to be liked, my own perception of the situation, the things that were supporting my beliefs, I could start to see that underneath all of this was a lot of pain, a lot of loss, a lot of justified anger. And the way out of that pain and loss was to fight against what she felt caused it. The corporate team, and by extension, me. So it made sense that no matter how kind I showed up for her, no matter how supportive I was, no matter how well-intentioned I was, each time she interacted with me, she felt that pain, and she felt the need to fight against it. When I started to understand her worldview, I started to be able to empathize with her. And when I was able to see the suffering underneath it all, I could come in with compassion and begin to work towards helping to alleviate that suffering. She didn't need me to be the kindest and most supportive corporate employee that there ever was. She needed me to listen to her, to give her space to let her frustrations and pain out, to build that space of trust, so that together we could create a safer space for her. So those well-crafted questions 
that will hopefully help you gain a deeper understanding and empathy for the people in life who you might be having a disagreement with are number one, what do they believe? Number two, what do they care about? Number three, how does this benefit them? Number four, what supports their beliefs? And number five, why does it make perfect sense that they feel or behave in this way? And then as an added bonus, you can begin to take this beyond empathy into compassion by asking yourself, what is the pain underneath all of this? And how can I work to help alleviate that suffering? So as you work towards finding a space of empathy and compassion for those people in your life that you're having a disagreement with, whether it's a parent or a partner or a colleague or a client, I want you to give this a try and see how stepping away from the conflict in irrationality of the situation and into a space of understanding begins to change your perspective and allows for you to move forward in the relationship. And as I spoke about earlier, that same desire to come to a space of empathy, understanding, and compassion for the people in our lives can also be directed inward. And that same method of gaining clarity can be used to develop a sense of self-empathy. But that requires you to start from a space of self-reflection, to gain a non-judgmental perspective, and an understanding of who you are, and why you make the choices that you make, or think the way that you do, or show up in certain situations when you're under stress. I recently spoke at a conference and had the privilege of coaching a woman on stage through a process of developing self-empathy for herself. So she was a highly busy and highly successful young mother who was having a great deal of judgment of how she was showing up for her kids, specifically her lack of patience with them during stressful moments. Now, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that, and it is probably very easy to empathize with her in this situation. But she just couldn't come to terms with the fact that her actions didn't align with who she wanted to be as a mother. So we started to walk through a variation of this method and discovered a few things about those stressful moments. So the first was that they tended to show up when they were trying to leave the house to get somewhere. The kids would inevitably be more interested in playing, and as that window of time of them leaving without being late came closer, her temper would start to increase, and she would start to speak to them in a way that felt really out of character and out of alignment with her values as a mother. So we started to peel back the lid and look first at what beliefs she was holding on to. And she identified that she held a firm belief that in order for things to run smoothly in her life, they needed to be orderly, timely, and on schedule. A hard thing to do when you have a two- and a three-year-old running around. Then we went through what matters to her. And it became clear that one of her main values was respect. And she saw being late to anything as a great sign of disrespect, one that would bring shame and embarrassment to her. This was instilled in her since childhood and was still clearly impacting her to this day. 
Next, we started to look at how the expression of that anger and loss of temper in the face of her children not valuing timeliness actually benefited her. So this is probably the most difficult thing to do with yourself because it forces you to look at your own patterns of behavior that you view as negative and start to investigate why you keep repeating them. What she was able to see was that by leaning into that anger, she was able to get her kids into action. And while there was a great deal of self-judgment around it, she could see why she kept doing it. It was the quickest way to ensure that she got out the door, and it proved effective most of the time. When she looked through all of this, it didn't suddenly make her feel great about losing her temper, but it did help to alleviate the self-judgment and shame that existed around it, because she could begin to empathize with herself and see that what she was doing may not have been how she wanted to show up but it made sense given everything that was going on. It made sense that this is how she would instinctively react in that situation. And so the beautiful thing about awareness is that it comes with choice. So the next time that this happens, she's going to be able to have the awareness of how she's reacting and to respond a little more gently with self-empathy and kindness and then make a conscious decision on what matters most to stop, take a breath before responding, and decide in that moment how she wants to show up and what is most important in her life. Does she want to place the value of timeliness over the value of showing up as who she wants to be as a mother? And that is not saying that timeliness is not going to ever be the winner here, and that some of that anger may not come out. But it's doing it in a way that's purposeful and not filled with that shame or self-judgment. Extending empathy, kindness, and compassion and care is never easy. And it's a continual practice of deepening your capacity for it that allows for it to come more naturally. So we're going to end with a meditation this week that will help you increase your capacity for compassion and help you extend that compassion outward to the many people in your life, as well as inward to yourself. In the loving-kindness meditation, we begin with a series of well wishes, being directed first to a dear one, then a stranger, then a person with whom we've had conflict, then the world around us, and then finally back to ourselves, exploring and utilizing the consistency of loving kindness for all. And if you're interested in a longer version of this loving kindness meditation, there will be a 30-minute recording on Letting It Settle Plus. And just a gentle reminder as we move into the meditation to stay alert and aware if you're listening in your car or anywhere that you might need to stay mindful of your surroundings. But for now, let's find a place of comfort, just settling down, allowing for your hips to root down into whatever's beneath you, just feeling into that feeling of sinking, 
feels right, go ahead and close down your eyes, or you can just stay here with me. And start to connect to the breath, just breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Giving yourself permission to just let everything settle, everything drop. And then from here, begin to envision someone who is dear to you. A person who the mere thought or mention of their name just instinctively brings a smile to your face. And start to imagine that that person is seated right in front of you. As you look into their eyes, hold their hands begin to feel into the feeling of love, kindness, care, and compassion that's present for you in the sight of them. And then begin to extend these words directly to them. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be held in loving kindness. May you feel connected and calm. May you be happy and at peace. May you be free from all suffering. And may you be well. Just sit for a moment in this exchange of loving kindness with this dear one, feeling into what it feels like to give that so easily. Continuing to hold on to that feeling of loving kindness, begin to bring to mind a stranger, a person in your life who you may have seen their face but don't know their name, a person you might cross on the street or in the grocery store. Begin to imagine them seated next to you. As you look into their eyes, begin to Recognize their humanity, seeing their need and desire for loving kindness, and holding on to that same loving kindness expressed to the dear one, begin to say these words to them. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be held in loving kindness. May you feel connected and calm. May you be happy and at peace. May you be free from all suffering. And may you be well. Allow for yourself to feel into that connection with the stranger. Recognizing your ability to give beyond just the people closest to you in your life. And now begin to bring to mind a person with whom you've had conflict. A person who 
the mere thought or mention of their name might elicit a negative feeling. And if it feels safe to do so, begin to envision them seated in front of you, looking into their eyes, recognizing their humanity, seeing their need and desire for loving kindness, and tapping back into that well of loving kindness provided by the dear one and the stranger. And if it feels right and safe to do so, begin to say these words to them. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be held in loving kindness. May you feel connected and calm. May you be happy and at peace. May you be well. Allow for yourself to feel into the connection between this person, recognizing your ability to give, to heal, to move forward. And now begin to envision all of the people who have crossed your path today. Just all of those souls in need of loving kindness walking by. And then as if panning out, begin to expand outwards, seeing all of the people within your town or city. All of these souls desiring and in need of loving kindness. And then allow for that view to pan out even further to your entire state or province, to your entire country, seeing all of these souls in need of and desiring loving kindness, and then pan out even further, seeing the entire world, all creatures, all beings in need of and desiring loving kindness and recognize your own ability to give. Sending these well wishes to all beings everywhere. May all beings be filled with loving kindness. May all beings be held in loving kindness. May all beings feel connected and calm. May all beings be happy and at peace. May all beings be well. Allow for this feeling of loving kindness to expand in all directions, landing on each person, and also in recognizing the interconnectedness of all things landing back on you. Allowing for yourself to give and receive this gift of loving kindness. And then start to connect inward, holding on to that sense of loving kindness and imagining a version of yourself seated across from you. Look into your own eyes, 
recognize your humanity. And begin to direct these words to you. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be held in loving kindness. May you feel connected and calm. May you be happy and at peace. May you be free from all suffering. May you be well. Stay for a moment just in the presence of this loving kindness being directed inward, allowing for it to land and be there. As we start to re-enter back into the space, start to connect with all of your senses, the sounds, the smells, the taste, the touch. Feeling into that sense of loving kindness and allowing for yourself to take that forward with you today. Giving it freely and receiving it. When it feels right, go ahead and flutter your eyes open. Taking the space around you and enter back, feeling connected and calm. We'll end today just as we began, with a deep breath in. Breathe out. Let it all settle. Go take care of yourself. Oh, and it's always helpful, if you want, to rate, review, and subscribe to Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion, wherever you get your podcasts. And go ahead and follow me and the show on TikTok at CoachMichael1 and Instagram, Michael.Gallion. And I will see you next week. And also, just a reminder that I'm a huge proponent of taking charge of your mental health. And that means seeking advice from professional therapists, counselors, psychologists, physicians, and other qualified professionals. My teachings are meant to help you find a space of calm amidst the storm, but if you're experiencing ongoing mental health challenges, I want you to make sure that you seek help from a licensed professional. And remember that nothing that's said within this podcast should be seen as a substitute for their advice. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is executive produced by Michael Gallion, Steve Wilson, David Henning, and Shen Yin Hu. Hosted by Michael Gallion. Original music and composition by Darren Johnson. Edited by Sarah Ma. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is a Q-Code production. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds 
wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.